0: So when the Lazy Lions released their Lazy Cubs, I knew I wanted one because I've had my eyes on Lazy Lion Pride and everything that they're doing because they're just a great community doing some amazing things. However, when that episode released, I was saying that although the public sale was at 0.1 ETH, I was going to get the one that I wanted after the art revealed and most likely I was going to get it for about half that price. I was trying to get it at a discount because usually what happens is the art reveal happens and the price drops shortly after that. Well, that happened just as I expected. However, at the time when the one I wanted with the trait that I wanted came on the market, I did not have the funds. At the time, I also said, Well, it's not the end of the world. I'm pretty sure that with all this happening right now, with FUD, the market's going down, this thing's gonna probably end up back on the market again. Well, that exactly happened today, and I was excited and I was all ready to dive into this, but there's one huge thing. I cannot make the purchase. I cannot access my funds to get into my wallet. Now, as much as a headache as that is, it does create for this content. So I'm going to share with you the growing pains of the space where we currently are and remind you of what it was like to get into certain applications from the Web2 world, which we're so far removed from that because it just became a way of life. And it's just showing you where we are with this. And as far as the next stage of growth that we're going to within Web3, NFTs, crypto and all of this stuff, what needs to happen for that to really take off and be mainstream? So do you remember setting up your PayPal account from back in the day? Most likely you have one of those, whether it was used for eBay or purchasing from another website or something like that. What you had to do is you had to link it to a bank account to fund it. Most likely it was through ACH checking transfer. They would do a very small, less than a dollar transfer. So let's say 32 cents and then another one would be for 16 cents. And to verify your account to say that this was actually yours, that you have that bank account and funds could go back and forth between the PayPal and the bank, you'd have to punch in that number saying that, the those two small transactions, the $0.32 cents and a $0.16, cents, I believe I said. So you put that into PayPal and they know, sure, it was you and then it was refunded back. So that was how you had to link your bank account to your PayPal account. And most people don't even remember that because they did it so long ago and they have uh, different things now. But as far as doing that ACH transfer, it's pretty much the same way. However, that is a tedious and annoying process. And a lot of people just don't remember that. When you set up your Google, your Apple Pay or any of these cards a lot of the times you have to do certain things that is a hassle and as far as what we're doing right now within the crypto space with kyc and all this stuff scanning ids and taking selfies and uh, sending all sorts of information in that is if you're working through some sort of centralized exchange or a cash on ramp or whatever uh, this are the processes that you have to go through and it is a total headache well as far as what happened with me with this whole lazy lines thing and how uh, this actually sparked this episode and what we're going through right now is because in order to do that, I usually have to do all sorts of MacGyvering and uh, pasting things and copying and doing all sorts of things and rigging it. And if you're not familiar with that, MacGyver was this detective show from the 80s, and it was really corny and cheesy, but he would find himself in some uh, warehouse or something with the bad guys, and he would duct tape uh, things and use bubble gum and somehow make some explosives and get out of the place, and that's uh, where that reference comes from. But anyways, as far as this goes, that's really what I have to do to make these purchases a lot of the time because I'm physically located in Jamaica, and I'm getting a conversion into U.S. dollars and then usually into whatever crypto it is. And in order to do that, depending which bank my funds are coming from, which card it's coming from, there is multiple transfers that I have to go through, whether it be through PayPal and going through Zelle or whatever it might be, my debit cards over there, just lots of steps. And I don't think I've ever made a straight transfer. However, I realized that there's a service called Banksa, B-A-N-X-A.com, that they use the A lot of payment, um, a lot of the time for some of these big brokerages, or I should say, these big exchanges, these centralized exchanges, such as KuCoin, Binance, Kraken, and so forth. Banks that does a lot of the payments. And there's another one called Simplex, and there's quite a few of them, anyways. But the one that I was trying to set up with and uh, get everything going, what I usually use, again, these fees aren't the most favorable. However, when you're in a pinch and you absolutely need your crypto in a matter of minutes, and you don't have, you know, a couple days for the hold that the a exchanges usually have when you do an ACH transfer, this is the best way to do it. There's normally like a 2% or a 3% fee. And, you know, when you see something a great deal and you really want to have it, 2 and 3% is really whatever. It's it's just the cost of doing business, happy to pay it. However, in this case, I realize that if I go straight to Banksa, I can actually set up the account, do it straight through them. I don't have to go to the exchange and then have to swap to another currency, swap to another account and do all of these uh, swappings because it's funny because the, the account where the Banksa actually works does the account and Uh, does the transfer, I should say, into that one also has a very expensive withdrawal fee for ETH. So what I usually do is I put it into either XRP, Litecoin, or one of those that has a very fast, low transaction. And what happens is I transfer it to another exchange, which allows me to withdraw at minimal cost. And that is an absolute headache. And so someone who is listening to this for the very first time that might be trying to figure out, well, how on earth am I going to get my crypto? And do I have to go through all of that stuff? Just hearing this process alone is probably reason enough to just run away from this space, never to look back ever again and just deal with fiat stick with cash and want nothing to do with crypto, NFTs and all of that stuff. Now, I am someone who's been in the space for a little while now and hopping back and forth, various cryptocurrencies, various blockchains, multiple exchanges. I'm trying all these onboarding ramps and all of this stuff. And even for me, it is still frustrating. So I can only imagine for the person who literally just heard about NFTs and crypto and Web3 and all of that stuff this week, and they're trying to dive into it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is what I have to do. And I am a persistent person. And I know this stuff um, really excites me and everything uh, you know from the dawn of the uh, 90s with the internet, then going into Web 2 and Web 3 is here. So I just knew this is the next best thing. I have to fight through all these growing pains and come through. But the majority of people are not like that. They're going to show up when all of the kinks have been ironed out. All of us have uh, taken all the beatings and all the frustrations and everything. And when they show up, everything is great. So what I want to really uh, highlight today or really put the emphasis on is the onboarding absolutely stinks. If you go on to, let's say, MetaMask, there is that option to buy crypto right there in there. But also there is the same thing too, depending which country you're in, the KYC process and all the different steps that you have to go through might be a total headache. And for some people, that might be the most attractive. It seems like, okay, this is the best way to do it. But then, of course, when you weigh the fees and all of that as a newbie and then not even understanding that there's gas and all sorts of craziness, this is a frustrating space. So with all that said, and that might just sound like a rant and like I'm totally just venting right now. However, there is a method to the madness as to why I am sharing all of it. A year ago, when I first came into the space, it was way harder. It was much more frustrating and there wasn't as many options and it was a uh, this times 10, in my opinion, honestly, because the banks were just not cooperating with it. Some of these uh, cards just would not work if you're trying to make any kind of crypto purchases to an exchange or anything of that nature. And now they're starting to loosen up a little bit. They're warming up to the idea. And of course, there's more payment options and more of these on ramps are coming out. When I first started this stuff, there wasn't MoonPay and all these other options in the MetaMask and everything. So things are happening. Progress is being made. We're moving lightning fast in the this- space. And of course, we're very impatient. We don't want to wait two days, much more months. But definitely the progress that I've seen in the last year or so has given me so much encouragement And to see that, well, you know what? Development is coming. This stuff is way easier. And of course, the people, as I said, that are willing to test all the stuff and basically break it and learn and grow with the space, well, they're going to be in a better position when we come out of this current bear market, the builder's market, whatever you want to call it, and we start to get get back into that bull market when everyone's all excited and just FOMOing in and trying to rush into the space. But here's the good thing. For those of us that are still here, we're still building, we're still buying, we're still collecting, we're still interacting and having community and what have you, we're putting ourselves in a position to not only appreciate the the fact that when things do get easier and it is a much better access and uh, just better onboarding ramps and uh, the user interface of everything is going to be easy, but we're also going to be be in a position to make decisions quickly. We're not going to have to fumble through all of this stuff because just imagine trying to navigate this stuff during the bull market when something hot is coming out. Most likely you're going to miss out. Do you remember what that was like if you have been in the space for let's say six months or so when uh, literally when a hot drop or something was coming out that it was absolutely just a frenzy and it, it was panic. So just imagine trying to navigate this stuff, trying to figure it out on top of the FOMO and the Russian, and all that stuff. So continuing to do all of this stuff in this space, I think is a great thing. And we're all going to be in a better position going forward. So we haven't really been seeing too many wagmies on Twitter anymore, because it seems like everyone's starting to think that we're not all going to make it. Well, that is true. However, what I noticed is with wagmi, W-A-G-M-I, is it can also stand for we are going to make it. And those of us that are still here, of course, not all of us are here, but those of us that are still here, that are still encouraging each other, that we're still having fun and doing all of this stuff together, I truly believe that we are going to make it. So I'd love to know, since coming to the space, what was your most frustrating thing? What kind of hurdle did you hop over? What did you have to learn? Because we've all had it. And I would love to know, feel free to shoot me a line over at Tropic Vibes on Twitter. Love to hear what you have to say. Maybe it's just Misery Loves Company, but hey, I want to hear what your stories are as well. With that said, I just want to thank you for hanging in there, going with the growing pains as we're learning and building Web3 together. But as usual, I want to thank you until next time. Later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.